So here's where we're going. Disaster awaits us if we do not have a coach. If you do not have a coach in your business that can help you on your road with business, disaster awaits. Welcome to the DME Coach Podcast, episode number 13, where we teach you to continue to thrive in the DME apocalypse. We are going to help you thriving even amidst the whole COVID outbreak. You can blame me, possibly. Um, I was calling the DME apocalypse, and it's 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 almost like the pandemic apocalypse has merged with the DME apocalypse. So we get a twofer. Disaster awaits our team if we do not have a coach. This is true. I've seen it happen over and over and over again in life. If we are going things solo, and we if we do not have someone helping us on the side we are likely to step into the pothole. It's the same as text messaging while walking across the street. You're looking down, you're going to get nailed by a car. So what happens if we don't have a coach? Now, before we jump into the podcast, I always start the week off with a high-low. I had a lot of lows this last week. Just crazy, crazy week. I'll start with my low. Um... We've had a complete run on hand sanitizer in our store. Um, we quickly sold out of it a couple of weeks ago, and we kept and we kept uh, three cases just for our in-store use that we don't sell. This way, our customers can still hand sanitize their hands when they come into the store. We have stations, as well as my delivery technicians. Um, we have them on every single desk. And I'm walking through our showroom last week. And I said to one of my uh, customer service team members, where's the hand sanitizer? Oh, someone just stole it. I was like, are you kidding me? Someone stole my hand sanitizer? And it was one of those things. They sell for $7.99. These are the nice hand sanitizers. We get them from Medline. Uh, They make a good hand sanitizer, by the way. Really, the the cost that we pay for a hand sanitizer, the $4 for what we sell for eight, um, it it wasn't the money thing. It was the whole stealing things that someone um, just would steal from us. And And I know it's one of those things. I'm sure other things get stolen from our store, but it just really, really irritates. Our, our traffic in our stores are hair down. So I said to our IT um, lead, I said, hey, can you, um, I, I said to our head of IT, can you just pull up the video? I'm curious, who who did steal our hand sanitizer? We have the time. So she goes on and he, he, it's one thing to steal from like a Walgreens where you have a bunch of customers. We know almost all the customers in our stores. And I'm sure you guys do. As they're coming in every month to get supplies, or even if they are a full-time customer, they've just given us a prescription with their name and birth date, you name it. And so we pulled it up on the video, and you're like, yep, here here she is. And we were able to find the person who stole our hand sanitizer. Now, the, here, here's the question. What do you do? We know who it is, and... I am a high eight on the Enneagram. If you don't know what the Enneagram is, uh, look it up. I'm, I'm often called the challenger. I just love to challenge things. It can have its benefits and its drawbacks. So what I want to first do is uh, I'm like, oh, heck, I'm going to post this on Twitter or I'm going to post this on our Facebook page. And my wife is like, Eric, don't you dare. You're going to look like a jerk if you do that. And you know what? She was right. She's been married to me 20 years. I would have looked like a jerk. But still, what do you do? with hand sanitizer stealer. So do we just let it go? 
Do we uh, send her a letter? Do I chastise her on social media? Do I call her? Do I, um, you name it. So there's a number of different options and there's pros and cons to everything. So after, after some consideration, I actually ended up writing her a letter. And this is what I decided. You can disagree with me. I'd, I'd love to know how you guys would have handled it. But what I did is I sent her a nice letter. Well, I, not a nice letter. I just sent her a little letter. Hey, I understand at this time, things are very, very scary with the whole COVID-19. I want to let you know, though, that you did steal a bottle of hand, hand sanitizer from us and... Um, I'm going to give you three options. Can you either bring it back to my team because we need it to make sure that our customers and stores stay safe. Uh, option number two, you come in and pay for it. Or option number three, if, if you truly are deem yourself high risk, um, you can have it free of charge. But I do ask you to uh, at least apologize to my team members for stealing the hand sanitizer. And I just sent the letter out. And... Um, Lo and behold, she chose option two. She came into our store the day after receiving the letter. She apologized, says, hey, I'm worried. She came into our store. She apologized and bought the hand sanitizer and evidently um, lived happily ever after. So we'll, we'll find out. Did I make the right decision? Did I make the wrong decision? I can't. I'm a little more strict with our customers because it's one of those things. You, I, I believe you have to confront because if you don't confront certain behaviors, you will and it will happen over and over and over again. It, you also can't stereotype who you think you might steal from the store because the person who stole, uh, you would look at her and uh, she was, you know, little old white lady in her 70s. That's what I'll say. It's, it's just really fascinating. So some people will say, oh, it was, it must have been this customer category. I, I can, I'm always flabbergasted to see when, when we try to stereotype, it's not necessarily who we think it's going to be. So uh, that was both the low light and my highlight. The highlight was she came in and she paid for it. And it was, uh, it was also nice to see my video system worked really, really well in our store. And uh, we were able to fix things. So uh, that was my low light and highlight for the week. Uh, I have many, many more for this upcoming week. It's like every other day something changes this week. Uh, I, I'm in the state of Washington. They put us on four or 15 day quarantine. I don't want to call it quarantine from your house, but we are in the middle of a shelter in place. I already recorded the podcast last week talking about our store's COVID 19 response. Today, I'd like to just encourage you and talk about the importance of having an executive coach or a coach that really helps you in your business and what happens when we don't have a coach because if we don't have a coach I'm going to let you know there are some huge problems that we and you will run into if we do not have a coach in our business. Before I dive into the gritty details of why we need a coach in the middle of this home health care and DME and respiratory apocalypse that we're in let me just define a few quick terms because I've talked to several people and there seems to be a little bit of grayness surrounding the term coach. And let me let me come out with four terms. There's coaching, there's consulting, there's mentoring, and then there's counseling and psychotherapy. So let, let's get into it. So coaching 
when I use the term DME coach and I am a trained, I come with a background of executive coaching. Now, what is coaching? I love the definition. A coach looks 20% backwards, but is 80% forward. The only, the main reason we as coaches look backwards is not to heal big, bad wounds, but to look for trends. If you have a trend where you have to fire 50% of your workers, I'm only looking backwards to say, is there something we're doing wrong with the KPIs or job descriptions or hiring process? Because we, uh, that is very, very expensive for our business. The goal for a coach is to go from point A to point B. It's very, very simple. I've coached track and field and cross country for a number of years. My goal with my cross country team, I, I tell this to every single kid I work with, goal's very easy. Number one, we, you have fun. Number two, I work with proper form and reduce injuries. And number, th- and number three, then I work to get my kids to be exceptional national caliber All-American athletes. I have a very specific three-point coaching when it comes to cross-country and track athletes. I don't come into my cross-country and say, hey, now we're going to heal family problems. No, that's a counseling thing. So I'm going to jump into that in a second. So number one's coaching. Number two, there's consulting. Now, I do a little bit of consulting. It really depends on the kind of consulting your business needs. If you say, hey, Eric, we do a little bit of rehab, but I want to move into, I, we need help with leadership training. I That would be a consulting. Consulting, when I go internal with consulting, um, I'm working with a team. I'm working with a group of executives, you know, your CEO, COO. Um, how, how do we build the leadership structure that we want to see within an organization? We'll work with the sales team. What is our marketing message? How, who are we going to market to? And what is the story we're going to tell? Um, consulting is establishing a program. It's um, I'll go into a store, talk with all the team members, and look at front end, look at back end, look at accreditation process. Um, you, you don't look at everything in the business, but you, you, I end up with a relationship with a company saying, hey, what do we need to fine tune? Is it billing? Is it sales? Is it leadership? Is it marketing? We have a very specific, hey, we're going to come in and consult. Um, I've hired multiple consultants over the years. They are worth their weight in gold. It's wonderful. I swear every time I spend $10,000 on a consultant, I can, within 12 months, that $10,000 turns into thirty dollars to $100,000 in what they've helped me with processes. Every consultant's different, though. So really, you have to look at their strengths and weaknesses and what they bring to the table. Uh, an example of consulting that I have a huge area of experience in is uh, buying uh, DME stores as well as starting them from scratch. Uh, it's something I've done. I've started four DME stores from scratch. I've also bought another three to four, depending on how you look at inventory transactions. Very, very good at it. I know how to do it from point A to point B to point C, as well as getting them for pennies on the dollar, which should have cost $100. How do you get that store for five to 10 bucks on the dollar instead? That would be a consulting. So there's coaching, then there's consulting. Now, I do want to bring up other two things, two other kinds of relationships, and this would be mentoring and counseling. So mentoring, we all know mentors. Mentors are typically not paid, unlike coaches and consultants. There's, you know, typically a, uh, 
a unless I'm doing pro bono work. The way mentors work, uh, we have them all the time at my church. I've seen them in other organizations such as Big Brothers and Big Sisters. The goal with mentoring is to inspire someone to be around. Someone might come from a single parent family and they really admire you. The point of mentoring is just to kind of walk someone through life. Um, it's this re- the mentoring relationships informal. Uh, it tends to center around life experience, but you know that that is a mentoring relationship, and very very important. Um, I've had a number of mentors in my life that have just invested into me left and right, and I am the man I am today because of those mentors. So mentoring, and then last, and then last, there's the counseling and psychotherapy relationship, and this is counseling and psychotherapy. Very, very helpful, but the goal of, of counseling and psychotherapy is to look backwards and try to fix some sort of uh, disorder. So, for example, if someone has an anxiety disorder or their marriage has a problem, the goal of counseling is to help fix that marriage. Or if there is some sort of drug disorder, such as alcoholism or uh some sort of drug dependency. The purpose of counseling is to look backwards and how can we get that fixed? Now, the counselor doesn't now say, uh, now go get a no, go get a new job once things are fixed, because that then goes from counseling to coaching. You know, the purpose of coaching is, hey, we're doing X here. And now we're going to go to why. Counseling is looking backwards. Now, there are in all these relationships, coaching, consulting, mentoring, and counseling, there's a little bit of overlap. Where we're going today is we're talking about coaching. What's the importance of coaching? So when I have the opportunity to interact with someone at a first time, I'm I'm trying to figure out what do they need? If they say, hey, I need to get, I have some counseling issues, what I'll say is, you know what? That is not my, that's not my wheelhouse. I know enough to be dangerous, but let me recommend a good counselor or psychotherapist. Um, hey, I, hey I, th- I think I just need a big brother or a mentor. I'd say that's wonderful. Uh, go look at uh, so maybe some of your trade organizations or I just need a mentor. You know, in my case, e- even in the DME industry, some of my vendors I see as mentors because that's what they truly have. They've mentored me as I've become a more and more experienced executive as well as an ATP because no, I didn't have the luxury of working for a new motion or an NSM and being trained up as an ATP. I had to learn from my vendors and my PTs. That was almost more of a mentoring relationship I had with them and they took really good care of me. So here's where we're going. Disaster awaits us if we do not have a coach. If you do not have a coach in your business that can help you on your road with business, disaster awaits. I grew up just outside of Seattle and I've mentioned a few times, I'm, I'm just wired to be a challenger. I've been a challenger ever since I was young. I've also been pretty athletically talented. I've always thrived in the sport of track and field. And my sophomore year, when I was 16 years old, I was, I think, the third fastest all-time half-miler in the state of Washington at the time, back in 1993. And then the next year, uh, I'm a challenger. I got into a fight with my coach. Surprise, surprise. And uh, we basically agreed to disagree, and I trained myself that, that year. And it actually ended up really well. I, I'm a geek when it comes to training. I studied training logs. I read books. And I what I essentially did was train myself to a state title my junior year. 
But talking with some really wise people when I was 17, they said, yeah, Eric, you, you've gone about as far as you can. You cannot get any farther without having a really good coach. Now, I knew I, I, could, I could geek you out on running and times and form in the sport of track and field. But I realized for me to get to the next level, I needed a coach. Athletics, it makes complete sense. So I went out and from a friend of a friend, ended up having the luxury of hiring a former University of Washington track and field cross-country coach, and he became my full-time coach my senior year in high school. He even got to train with an Olympian for that year. It brought my running to the very next level. He did things with me that I could never have done myself. Now, why is that the case? Well, the guy, you know, the fellow who was coaching me, amazing man, he knew the sport of track and field inside and out. He understood the athletic side of things, how to improve with training and VO2 max, aerobic threshold, all the stuff that was needed to take me at the time, I ran a 420 mile. My junior year in high school went from 420 down to 410 the very next year. And that was primarily because of what he was able to do with me training wise. Now, the same thing is true with executive coaching. We can do a lot of things ourselves, And a lot of people say, well, I'm, I'm very, very successful. I did all this. I've talked to people. An executive coach comes in and he or she helps coach you up in your business. You might have been doing great, but what happens, the executive coach will look at your business and say, yes, you are doing great, but what can we do to get you to the next level? Now, as I said earlier in the podcast, a coach looks 20% backwards and 80% forward. So our goal in coaching is we want to get to the next level. What does it look like? Maybe we have a $2 million business. What's it gonna take to get our business from $2 million to $3 million. How can we coach you up, look at your character structure, look at your relationships with your subordinates, and how can we increase efficiency in how we react with them so we get you to the next level? So when we jump into coaching, what we're looking for is an alliance. An alliance, so in, in, in track and field, you see this all the time. You have an alliance between the runner and the coach. You work together for a set goal. It's the same thing in the DME, respiratory, home healthcare world. We coach you up to get to the next level. We're looking for an alliance. Hey, what is it that you want to do? Do you want to grow your store? Do you want to increase your leadership? What does that look like? So this is what I've seen when coaching and why we've got a coach. There are so many people and things that want to take our time. We all have those people. They come into our store and they want to tell us about Fuzzy the cat who has a hairball and that's why their wheelchair casters are all clogged up. Now, a good coach will walk alongside you and just say, hey, let's look at your life. You have a lot of choices. What choices do you need to say yes to? What choices do you need to say no to? And really, that's going to help us out. One of the reasons why we've been able to survive, my store has been able to survive the DME apocalypse is we just looked at a bunch of product categories and said, you know what? We need to drop enteral nutrition as an example. It had We had other providers in our town that did just as good a job on it, whereas we went in Ultimately, balance is being able to look at all the choices you have. What do we say yes to? What do we say no to? Sometimes it actually means having fewer team members. I've made this choice twice with our store. We've actually gone down in team members to increase efficiency 
and then gone up later on down the road. It's really worked that way. Other times, same thing with product category. We've had to make the decision to remove products from our store, such as Entral Nutrition, and dial down on other products that it might not have been really profitable at the get-go, but I saw a longer-term success. So and this is what we've done with our rehab team. We've really grown that aspect of our business. So we really looked forward, what does the future of our store look like? And a coach can walk you through this process. We, you can try and do it by yourself, but it's really nice to have an... You can try to do it yourself, but we really need an outside person to ask the hard questions. Say, hey, do you really want to go that... Do you really want to go in that direction? Do you understand that we just spent 15 hours this week? What is your pay that you get? And you're going down this road. Why not put it towards this avenue? Um, that's the advantage of a coach. They can coach you up and really dial down what do we want to accomplish in the next three to six months. Now, a coach also is a coach. A coaching relationship is not forever. Some people say, oh, I'm going to coach forever. No, a good coach is going to say, hey, we're going to do this for six months. We're going to get you from point A to point B, and they should be able to show you results of what coaching look like. And if it doesn't pay for itself, you're a lousy coach. So, And this is the same thing with our business. We need to look at all of our team members. What does that team member give us? Now, we need to love upon all team members and treat them like our own family. But there comes a point, if you have a team member on your team that is causing more harm than good, they need to go do something else. Likewise, with your coach. Your coach has got to get you from point A to point B. What are the goals that you want? So one of the best ways to go into a coaching relationship is you look at what do we want to do? We don't ever go into a relationship. Hey, I want to fix these seven things. Way, way too many. When I look at relationships, we look at, hey, what are one or two things that we need to change that we can throw a bunch of energy into to make this win? And what I found with a lot of what works best is we look at one or two key points of change. Because if we, what I found is if you don't have a coach, you can get distracted on a number of different issues. It's kind of like playing whack-a-mole. You just, they, they, it's the old Chuck E. Cheese video game. These moles pop up left and right and they keep coming faster and faster and faster and you keep spinning your wheels. If we don't have a coach, we cannot look at the one or two items that we need to whack every single time. So as I go into a coaching relationship, I always say, hey, do we have any 911s for this week? For example, last week we had a 911. It's like, hey, what's our COVID-19 response? We put all our homework on hold, all of our homework that we were working on within our store on hold, and we developed a full company-wide COVID-19 response. But once we had that, we went right back to our homework. What are we working on? So a good coaching relationship understands there's a give and, give and take. You can't spend all, all day calling 911 because then it's not an emergency because you're doing it all the time. It does happen sometimes. But then we get to our homework. What are the one or two things that we need to grow? So when we coach, you need to have a coach that guides you in the process. What, what do we do? We explore what's changing. What are we learning? How are we taking risks in our business? What's the perspective, even when it's difficult? This whole COVID-19 thing is crazy right now, but there is a way to, even today, panic's not helping. If we can stay calm, 
this can really help us in the long term. Where do we, we all have very, very precious time and energy. We only have so much. Where are we going to decide to put that time and energy where we get the most amount of reward for our business so it's profitable, as well as our own personal health with our relationships that we have with our family with our kids if we have that or whatever it is you would like to invest into all of this comes into play and a coach walks with you and what happens i've seen is if we don't have a coach at least kind of guiding us we can waste times and even self-sabotage ourselves think of luke skywalker if luke did not have yoda he would have never have been a jedi i mean his lightsaber skills would have been nothing without yoda so Luke needed Yoda to be an amazing, and that's exactly what Yoda did. And hey, look at what happened to Luke Skywalker. Next thing we run into with coaching that coaching can do, you need to have someone listen to you talk about your business. And this is why. I've heard a lot of times when I'm coaching someone, someone will bring up the same problem over and over and over and over again. And what I'm listening for is, well, what's causing that problem? How do they respond to it? And it's really amazing to see. I can ask a few questions. The coachee who is being coached usually can figure out the problem themselves by me asking a few questions. Well, why did you do that? Well, you said that um, your customer yelled at you again. Well, why'd they yell at you? Well, how did you talk to them? Well, I told her that it just, it wasn't covered. The item wasn't covered. If you were that customer, how would you want to be talked to? Well, what I would have wanted is for the CSR to tell me, yeah, for this item to be covered, I really need that the chart notes have to say the patient cannot use a cane or a walker. Well, then why didn't we say that and just say it's policy? When coaching through role playing, what we can do is really get coaches from point A to point B. And this is the importance of a coach. And it goes all the way down your organization, whether you have an organization with three people or whether you have an organization with 250 people, it is caught and it goes all the way down. And it's really cool. And this is why so often a good coach will take you from point A to point B and they're worth their weight in gold. Last thing I want to get into is kind of old school versus new school. Old school coaches used to think about the linear role. The linear role is, which is like what happened in the past is probably going to happen in the future. You know, promise progress. If you get a degree in this, you will be successful the rest of your life. Well, welcome to the real world. That doesn't work anymore. I don't care who your parents were. I don't care where you went to school. I don't care what your business did last year. The world is changing at a breathtakingly fast pace. Second thing that doesn't work anymore is a steady state rule. You know, that's basically says by working hard, we each arrive at a steady state or plateau. That doesn't work anymore. It might, it might work in some areas, but because of advances, if you can become more efficient, that's not the state. That's not how things work anymore. So the steady state rule does not work anymore. The outside in rule, you know what that was? That was that, that our personal lives are defined by the directives of the society around us. That's not the case. You know, society might say one thing. The, the outside in rule says, hey, to be winners, we should simply follow the cues in our marriage, our schools, our religious organization, careers, laws of the land. Now, a lot of that's really, really good. But just because something is as it is does not mean it's always correct. Some of the greatest leaders of all time are those who bucked the trend. 
And last, what doesn't work is the learning role that said, you know, this is like for kids. They learn so they can get launched into their careers, family life, leadership roles. And then then we turn into adults and then we don't have to have learning be our main category anymore. That's not the case anymore. I have tons and tons of examples of people who have, they've stopped learning and as a result, their career has all but come to a screeching halt. And unfortunately, they learn that too late and don't have enough time to pivot. So what does coaching look like today? There are four new roles. Number one, the cyclical role. This better describes our life today. You know, cyclical, you know, uh, think back to your old um, math days. You have this cyclical that goes up and down and up and down. Now, it's not always even. But that's a lot like what life is. And, and as we look at our lives, it's not a linear progression anymore. It is cyclical. And we need to understand that as we lead others. And I do this as we coach. We need to understand what's also called the continuous change rule. And the continuous change rule will never let us rest. This is hard because life's not always predictable. You know, we know it's going to be unpredictable, but we need to understand there's always an ebb and flow. I call them rhythms in life. There, you can come into a good rhythm, and when you know it, it's like listening to music. You, you just you feel the beat, and that's like life when you can establish a good rhythm, but it's never going to be automatic. Another rule I focus on is the inside-out rule. Now, what this is is, you know, the inside-out rule tells us we must rely deeply on our inside beliefs. Now, this only works if your beliefs are correct, truthful, and correspond with reality. So what I do is we talk through your beliefs. Do your beliefs correspond with reality? And if they do, then they're going to work going forward. If you have beliefs that somehow don't correspond with reality, hey, you need to change them or disaster is going to awaken or a disaster is going to nail you. I've had several times in my life, I swore what I believed was true. And yet yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking in my rearview mirror and I see carnage. I'm like, man, that employee didn't know what he was doing. Oh, that employee didn't know what he was doing either. Oh, that employee messed up. What a, what a bad employee. And I realized with those employees, it actually wasn't their fault. The fault was with me in how I was training them. So that is an example of an inside out role where I thought what I was doing was the right way. And because of how I was training someone, it had bad ramifications on our company. And it was only through a coach that I was working with. And he was like, hey, Eric, you need to change here. And last is what is called the learning is for everyone rule, which says learning is our primary activity, no matter how old we are. And here's the beautiful thing about 2020. You can learn via podcast. You can learn via Zoom meeting with your buddies. You can learn by books. High school and college and university and grad school still has a tremendous amount of value, but we can learn in so many different ways. Today, you can learn anywhere. Now, there are good places to learn and bad places to learn. But the beautiful thing about today is we can learn anywhere and anyhow. So the reason why I said disaster awaits if you do not have a coach is if you don't have a coach, you're essentially saying, 
I know everything. I don't need anyone else's help. We all need a coach. Now, does it have to be an official coach? No, it doesn't have to be an official coach. Now, granted, I would love to be your coach. It doesn't have to be me. You need to find someone you can click with that they can take you to the next level. You don't always have to have a paid coach. Uh, there are times and places, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you can have a coach. There's a time for counseling. There's a time for mentoring. There's a time. So where we go from here, I want to encourage you to grow. Our world right now is drastically changing faster than it has in a very long time. How are we responding to this pandemic? How are we continuing to evolve? What I can tell you, people who make panicky decisions tend to make really bad decisions. This is why our armed forces teach us, or this is why our armed forces teach our service members to remain cool under fire, quite literally, live fire. So from here, I'm going to encourage you. Take really good care of your customers and even better care of your team members. But third, take care of yourself and make sure that you're growing and learning so you can survive as we get older and hopefully gain in wisdom and what that looks like. So that brings this episode that brings this episode of DME Coach to a rest. Next week, we are going to dive into what the CARES Act and the changing in reimbursement as well as the new requirements that CMS has put on in our industry of not requiring certain things. What does that look like for our industry? I'm really looking forward to dialing down and what what does it look like they i know it's one of those things they say hey you don't have to have all the testing stuff if you have a covid diagnosis but all of us are like how many audits are we going to get 18 months from now where they say that's not the case so let's talk about what our dme home health care respiratory business looks like going forward for the last of 2020 so thank you for listening to the dme coach if you liked it Give it, give it a five-star, whether you're listening on SoundCloud or Google, Apple Podcast. Go to dmecoach.com if you want to reach out to me. I'd love to at least even have a, have a conversation. Is coaching right for you? If not, that's totally fine. But reach out. I'd love to talk with you. I have. Uh, it's really easy to reach out and have a virtual meeting. And if anything, maybe I can encourage you. And then someday you can repay the favor and encourage me. Have a very good rest of your week. And continue to take really good care of your customers and even better care of your team members. And last, take care of yourself. Eric Michelson with DME Coach. Have a great rest of your day.